What's up, Redemption? How you doing? Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you for checking in for this brand new episode of the Threshing Floor Podcast. John Hendricks here, as always. Got my buddy Brad and been on the men, not feeling well, but I was well enough to record this past week, so got an episode for you here. Not a lot of planning went into it, so it's just me and Brad kind of hanging out, talking about the fact that, hey, we actually played some games, both of us, and we got some, you know, personal experience to draw on, things that we don't normally have for the podcast, um, not at least in a, in a lot of heavy doses, so definitely enjoyed talking it up about our games recently. Hopefully you guys enjoy it, and we'll get right into it. I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it. So, all right, we'll start right here. All right, guys, welcome into a brand new episode of the Threshing Floor Podcast. I'm here with Brad. How you doing, Brad? Doing good tonight. Ready to talk some redemption. Yeah, got to get it going. You know, at some point, maybe we'll average more than one episode a month, but (laughs) I got my fair share of hazing at that district tournament I went to about the podcast, but... Hey, we're still holding on by a thread here. I heard Tyler was giving up his name, Mr. Hiatus, so maybe you can take that on. <laughs> should should take his name. <laughs> but hey, we're here. It's okay. Life is life is still moving on. You know, we don't have to talk about football this time. I know we started last episode with it, but we can skip over to that now that the 49ers are on a three-game losing streak. Mm. My goodness, what happened to them? How I don't you think doing? We've in- recorded since, since since they were undefeated. <laughs> no, that's that's the problem, man. <laughs> I jinxed it. So what about um, what about your your fantasy team in the the Redemption League? How's it going? Oh my gosh, man! <laughs> so I had like a a guarantee win. I feel like tonight it's still going on in the game, but uh, I'm actually I'm gonna look back here. I had Devonte Adams. And Reynolds against Jameer Gibbs, and I already had like a, a a lead going into the game, probably by like eight or let's see, I was up by twelve points with Devonte Adams and Reynolds receiver. All he had was Jameer Gibbs. I'm currently losing. Devonte yeah. Adams has two points. That's because Jimmy Garoppolo is his quarterback. <laughs> Jay Reynolds has. Point three points. On my bench, I have Hopkins with 34 points. <laughs> and Cousins Bro. was like, every catch until he got just hurt. Just about every catch that Hopkins had was a touchdown. Yeah. that's Hey, you know what? That's just that's the way rough. that my redemption season goes. It went this way last year. It's going that way this year. Uh, Brian is... Two and five and number eleven in the league, <laughs> and I'm losing by two points right now. Actually, a point and a half. I'm a point and a half behind, and there is three minutes left in the third quarter. So. I'm gonna end up getting smoked here by zero and seven, rooted in Christ. He's zero and seven, and he's gonna beat me because I don't know. There's a plethora of reasons, but I'm gonna end up losing. He's got a hundred and thirty-five point zero eight. Currently, and I've got one fifteen point zero eight. So, and I'm three and four. 
So it looks like I'm going to be three and five and he's going to be one and seven after this. But I think I, I'm also three and four. So it might be another three and five for me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm it's, about to be in first in our uh, other league. Not not your league, but uh, church league. Oh, nice, nice. Yep, we are in three, three different leagues. leagues together. I think I'm doing pretty well in my, my uh, I guess I'll just call it my legacy league. It's the one I, I've done for like 10 years now. I'm, I'm ranked number one in there. I should win tonight. So I do have that going for me. In the, the church league, I thought I was cooked, man. I thought I was cooked. And then I traded with Ash. I traded him Debo Samuel because he wasn't doing much for me. For um, Gabe Davis and um, and Najee Harris. That was a good good deal in my favor. Um, I get, Well, I gave him Debo Samuel and um, the guy for the Browns, Kareem Hunt, because mm-hmm. he wasn't doing much then. So it became a wash. In addition to that, Ash, the same guy I traded and ended up getting probably right now it feels like the favorable end of that just because Gabe Davis had a good game. Then he dropped DeAndre Hopkins because he was on his bye week. I immediately mm-hmm. snagged him up, and then I start him, and he has what? I don't know what he ended up with, but it was like he had four or five catches, and three of them were touchdowns. I feel like my team is somehow getting elevated slightly right now, and they shouldn't necessarily be. And then his team is kind of falling down, and they necessarily shouldn't be. Yeah, Hopkins had a horrible year. Up until this game. Up until that quarterback change. Yep. Hey, maybe maybe that means the rest of the season will be okay. I'll start uh, Hopkins next week. <laughs> You'll start him and he'll have two points. He'll get one point, <laughs> two points. You know, that's just how it goes. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so I guess when real football is not doing that great for us, we, we at least have the fantasy stuff to fall back on. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The Saints are doing good. Yeah. Technically, Alabama's only lost one game, but yeah. several of their wins have felt like losses. <laughs> and now they're going to play LSU this coming Saturday night. I can't even imagine what, what Derek's going to send me because he's always kind of trying to give me rib shots over Alabama looking bad or whatever. Has he seen Florida play like at all this year? Or actually, is it LSU this week? I think it is. And Kentucky's the following week, right? Because I saw something about Kentucky being an early game, which nobody likes the 11 o'clock games. Those are those should be outlawed. LSU. But anyway, enough sports talk. What about uh, the other, I guess, non-athletic but kind of sportsy thing that we like to do? And that's play this game, Redemption, here. That's right. And... Uh, you ever think about putting on a sweatband or, you know, getting all, you know, dressed up like you're going into a real, real game when you sit down to play? I don't know if I th- thought about dressing up, but I think that the pregame, like, jitters are a thing. Going into a tournament sometimes, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Why, why am I nervous right now? Like, we're <laughs> playing a card game. You know what's yeah. crazy? Uh, you should. In, to get rid of the jitters, you should come up with a pregame ritual. You know, like everybody's mm. got them. You should get the baby powder and do the do the LeBron James. <laughs> Hit them with the LeBron James on the side of the table. 
it probably helped to have a, a deck that you actually know what's in there. Yeah, that, that usually <laughs> that helps. Help. Don't build your deck the night before, which speaking of, I did do that. <laughs> I built a deck at 4 a.m. the night before this district tournament. I went mm. without a deck thinking that I might end up just helping Chris judge if it had a big turnout, which it did. I think we ended up with like 24 players maybe for type one, which is a significant number for a random district in the, I guess the dead period of the, the calendar. Mm-hmm. Like this is supposed to be kind of the dead period, but obviously people are excited about building decks and trying things, but getting 24 players for a category for type one is kind of, I mean, it's nice. You get to see a variety of decks you play against, but I was like, okay, if I don't play type one, that's fine. And then I ended up building one the night before. And of course I fell back to my, my blue habits and Mm -hmm. tried to add some of the new stuff that came out in IR. And I had an absolute blast. It was honestly probably some of the most fun I've ever had playing redemption. Nice. Cause I mean, just, it's like what I've been playing, but instead of having to like force things to make it kind of flow well, you get a, get enough new stuff, you put it together, and it's like it just kind of rolls. And then not only that, um, which, I mean, for my tournament, I ended up, I, I lost a game, and that ended up keeping me from placing. I lost 5-4. Um, it was final round called, and, like, we were back and forth, and I just couldn't get a, I just couldn't get a block because he had Angel of the Lord, and I knew I had to band. And I was able to ban, but then he had he had something that withdrew withdrew me, and then I only had the one evil character. And before I could play anything to stop that, drops the angel of the Lord. What are you gonna do? But I ended up playing. I, I played blue with uh, Philistine defense, and I won the first game five zero. Never never saw Son of God or Second Coming. Shockingly, I won them all five in battle. And, uh, I mean, it, it kind of felt unfair how, like, anything he tried to do, I had an immediate answer for. I was like, no, you can't do that because this, or, hey, I'm going to stop that because I've got this. Or It was like one of those to where, like, I felt bad for the guy on the other side. <laughs> and then the second game, I won 5-0. And so I'm, I've got two 5-0 wins to start this thing out. And then I get paired up, and I lose. In, in that one game, 5-4. And then I followed that up the next game. I didn't get a full win, but I got a timeout win. And so I was three, or yeah, three and one with two full wins. But even with the 5-4 loss and the timeout win, I still had the best soul differential in the tournament field because of those two fir- uh, uh, first two rounds with 5-0. But I played, I played Warrior Overtaken from the starter deck, which is the Philistine Evil Dominant, and then I played um, Out of Their Hands, I think is the name of it, the Sons of Jacob, basically good vain philosophy. So I found room to play both of those dominants. So I wasn't necessarily trying to be super super competitive. I was just wanting to try new things out and see how it fit and played. And man. Every time we go back to like what we like playing or, you know, talk about it, Philistines is always up there for me. I can't tell you how much fun it is to play Philistines. 
It is so, so fun. Of course, it gets more fun if you're willing to dedicate more resources in your deck for, you know, adding the add to battle stuff, the, the extra weapons, things that take up space. But Philistines are so fun. You remember, yeah, when, you remember when LSC first came out and you were the one that was big on them? You were like, I got this guy, Commander Feichel, from the reserve. I'm going to do armor bearer and all this. And I was like, whoa, calm down. I've got this enhancement that says cannot be negated by a Philistine. Just let me play it. You remember, <laughs> I was all excited about, what is that, Covenant with Philistia? Yeah. Because that was like one of the best enhancements that, I mean, as a straight battle winner and you get to throw in against a certain matchup, a CBN, that's how, like, not bad, but how... I guess borderline the enhancements have been and then you get IR and now roots on top of that throw in some love to just mono blue just good value enhancements and it was uh it was nice to be able to play some of those but enough about that and enough about me playing great turnout at that tournament uh, enjoyed hanging out with people I got to uh see Brian and his group and then Tyler Jeremy was there I guess Chris was there. Sean was there. And there was a couple of people from Chris's playgroup. Ended up being a great turnout. But I know that you've been poking around. You've been playing a lot of Redemption lately, which seems like kind of odd for us to be talking about Redemption and actually have games <laughs> under our belt. People out there listening to the podcast are going to be like, what's going on? John and Brad actually play Redemption? <laughs> so how about the games you've been playing lately? How, how have those been going? Well, first I'll say, I do wish I could have made it to Knoxville. I just couldn't. It's busy. Fair enough. But glad you guys had a good time up there without me. That's okay. Uh, so, yeah, I've been uh, resorting to a little bit on the Lackey and Zoom front. You know, both of us made that bet to join the Zoom Discord thing, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then I just so happened to have a little bit of extra time here lately, so I'm able to jump on the Lackey. It's been really fun, man. I honestly uh, hold, like. Hold on, hold on. I like the yeah. way you like almost personify it. You're like, I've been jumping <laughs> on the lackey. <laughs> like the lackey is a thing, not like it's a program. I've been jumping on the lackey, bro. Hey, what you know about the lackey? You know what I'm <laughs> get, you, get your lackey rep up. <laughs> Got to get them lackey reps for sure. Because, dude, I, when I was in those tournaments, oh my goodness, man! Like I made so many boneheaded mistakes and like. These guys that I was playing, it was my first time playing a few of them. They're playing. This guy doesn't know how to play Redemption at all because I was just like screwing everything up. Um, but no, it was it was really fun getting back into it. Um, I was. It felt, and this is gonna sound weird, okay? But this is I don't know what it hey, was. Hey, we're there we're was good a, with weird. Bring it on, man. Yeah. Well, not not weird in that way, but so like last year, you know, like. Didn't hardly play at all. Most of that was because I was really busy, just had another baby, a lot of life changes, all this yeah. stuff. But like, I also wasn't really highly motivated to play GOC either. And I think part of that oh, was just here because we go, of, here we go. Yeah, I mean, GOC no, hate, I was, baby. Hey, it it was a real thing. Like when when all these cards were coming out, and I'm just sitting here looking, I'm like, man, like, what's the point of doing anything? Because everything's got gonna go off. Like, you can't stop anything. Screw Moses. Bomb Moses because he wouldn't do anything into the GOC because everything cannot be prevented or cannot be negated, pretty much. So, anyways, throwing it out there. But 
IR coming out, I was looking at the cards. I was like, man, this this is actually like it feels like it takes a little more like thought and like uh, strategy behind like trying to get like a soul or a block or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it feels a little less cookie cutter to where like GOC offenses all somehow end up feeling like the same. Mm-hmm. are feeling like they're doing mostly the same thing because they're trying to exploit the same uh, best value heroes and best value enhancements, and they're using that resurrection play to get whatever set up, and it just feels like there's there's less creativity within it because of that. That's how I, I feel like you, you might have felt because that's kind of how I felt. Yeah, and this is no slight against anybody that plays GOC. Like, it's it's fun. I, I haven't built a GOC deck yet or anything. I, I played with one of the contender decks that you built for whenever we were playing back in the day, but like when it first came out. Um, but I don't know. Like I, I've, I've always gravitated a little more towards Old Testament, anyways, and um, and some of these heroes, especially the white offense. And uh, I, I definitely am enjoying the brown defense a little bit more. That's what uh, I've been playing: is white offense, brown defense. Um, pretty much all Exodus characters on offense. Ending racism and, uh, in a single deck. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There you go. Okay. You don't I'm know how to come say, back. I'm not even going to say anything about <laughs> that. Oh, man. But anyways, uh, going back to the Lackey stuff, it's been re- it has been really fun. Um, just playing and experimenting with it. Going back. I, I love like playing with the Plagues and stuff like that. Bringing back some of them old cards that... Uh, that tried to make relevant at one point and could never really like push it over. But um, it's, 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 it's felt good getting back into it. I've, I've been kind of trying to free up a little bit of my schedule to, to try and get some of these games in. So, yeah, I know we keep talking about, Hey, we can get one in and then I fall asleep or I'm (laughs) under the weather or whatever, which, I mean, I guess that's a real reason to not necessarily be uh, wide open, but I don't know. I know that uh, whatever I had, I I assume more than likely it was probably the the old C word, the COVID. But I'm not mm-hmm. claiming that. I just had a cold that lasted a few days. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. It lasted a week. You were <laughs> fatigued. You had a headache. Body aches. I did not have any temperature though that I know of. I don't I don't know what that that does. But and then you know, Saturday I mentioned I caught that that uh, stomach bug on top of that. So it's just been a, like a, a rough week altogether. Yeah. We're glad to have you back though. Cause we were all set to record last week and I was just like, dude, mm-hmm. my voice, I can't, I can't do it. I was hacking up, hocking up lungs and yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that most of that is, is in the past. And I guess this little bit of nagging cough that I still have a little bit of maybe a little bit of the sniffles, maybe it'll, it'll clear up in the next day or two. And, it will be we'll be on the men. But you did tell me about a specific game. And again, like these these guys listening to the podcast and ladies out there, if you're listening, maybe like Jalissa or someone, some some ladies out there want to include you too. These guys and these ladies listening, they're not used to us talking about actual games, bro. No. So I mean, this is Halloween. Maybe we dressed up as redemption players, you know, by the time this podcast comes out halloween i guess will have been yesterday but either way maybe we're posing as actual redemption players for once but you told me about a game you said you played against 
Seth, mm-hmm. who goes by the screen name Bingaling. Hey, I I didn't I didn't give him the name. He he chose it. Bingaling. <laughs> Dude, it says <laughs> that's you just have to giggle when you say it out loud. <laughs> but anyway, you said he was playing Infinidab and he opened up with a crazy opening. And then you yeah. were able to work your way back in this game. So get, give me the full rundown of how this game went because you you keep selling yourself short, saying these people probably think I'm a bad player. I bet Seth wishes you were a bad player because the, the start he had for him to not walk away with a win, uh, that, that, that probably felt bad for him. So give us the rundown. Well, first off, Welcome back, Seth. I know he took some time off. Yes, yeah. Right. Welcome back. Uh, that's that's right. Where where's hey. the where's the hold on? Let me see if I can figure it out. No, that's not it. No, that's not it. Mirror. No. There we go. Woo! That's right. Welcome back, buddy. There you go. Welcome back. Bingo. I'll, I'll say like, <laughs> you know, some of these guys are like pillars of the online community. Seth is one of those guys that's like consistent and like available and kind of like you never know what deck he's going to play he's not one of them guys that plays the same deck all the time so pretty cool but yeah so i had no idea what he was going to play uh but he ended up playing an infinitab deck and i did i actually won the dice roll but let him go first i didn't like my opening hand for offense and (laughs) bet you wish you had flipped that turn one all he went in with um i think on offense he, he had some cards I forget what all he played down, but um, he played David. He went in and got numerous as the stars, which I was kind of like, okay, whatever. Well, by the end of turn one, he had played numerous of stars and a few other cards, and he ended up having Jonah, Obed, Jesse, and the Afflicted all out in territory at the same time turn one. So he was negating my neutrals, negating my um, characters in territory, uh, he was shuffling a card in my territory every time I searched. And every time, if I was going to put down a character other than my first character, discard a card from hand. So that's what I had to open my first turn with. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm on tilt immediately. <laughs> like, uh, how, am I, how in the world am I going to get around this? Because I need to search. I need my neutrals. You know, like, what in the world? Um, so I ended up, like Angel of the Lord and his afflicted like first turn. I was like, let's just go ahead and get one of these guys yeah, out of get here. Get that out of here. <laughs> ain't nobody trying to mess with that. <laughs> ain't, ain't nobody trying to mess with that, dude. Um and I had to really like change my deck strategy a lot because because I couldn't search too much. Like I searched a couple of times, but I literally had to just fail like I told I told John I probably failed like ten to fifteen searches throughout the game, uh, because I couldn't get rid of Jonah for like t- probably well, not, until turn not three failed or four. searches. You just didn't take the searches, yeah, like a yeah. you may, because technically yeah. if you failed, he should still search you. Correct. Yeah, but card. it was like, yeah, you may search your reserve for this or search your deck. And you were like, so, I may not. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing, not searching this time, not searching this time. And then he got Sheol out at one point too, and I was like, oh my gosh. So, yeah, I was, and I, I don't really, in, in this particular deck, I don't play any counters other than my Lost Souls, which are, like, defiled if they play good good brigades in uh, battle or whatever yeah. like that. And 
And so this deck that you were playing is the the standard white brown that you've been playing wilderness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been trying to I've been trying to perfect it, but I haven't really changed a whole lot the last couple of games. This I don't know what to change. And I don't I actually now that I think about it, I don't think I played a single card from my reserve this game. Not one. Um I and I think I ended up with eleven cards in my reserve because I ended up putting one in there somehow. Um but now, all it was of these a, things you keep saying and add to it <laughs> does not equal a win. And somehow you won. Dude, I I just happened to have the right cards at the right because his offense was I mean, he comes in with David and then from there he goes to you know Infinidab, which he's he's got Jeremiah, so he's tossing the next. He's got uh Noah, so he's preventing all cards. Of course he's bouncing somebody with um Aminadab, so I had to band. I mean, it was like to get around that off that offense was cooking, man. And then he had Moses to go and search for whatever card he wanted, so it was. Sounds. Like I don't it know. Was, I, it I, was let Russ cook type of thing, dude. Like it, it that was, off, <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Is all I'm saying. Like he he really had that offense. the The thing that he lacked was um, being. Able, he didn't. He gave me a soul first one without. Block, he gave me like two or three souls without blocking. Two souls without blocking, and then one of them. Uh, I just I just happened to have the right stuff to get past it, but I think he did block me once. So, oh, oh, and I discarded his second coming with Zephora, I think. Nice. So it, it stalled me enough. So he ended up losing the tempo, even though he had the momentum. Oh, another thing was, another thing was, uh, I soul routed him. And I had, oh, there we go. There's the element. There's the There element. was, yeah. So yeah. I got rid of his second coming. I, I, um, he he came in with a minidab once, and I negated him somehow. I negated him with uh, Heyman. <laughs> nice, because <laughs> he negates characters CBI. Yeah. You know? um, <laughs> I remember speaking of getting rid of his second coming. I remember playing Jacob, uh, Agar the Wise is his screen name. I played him in the Lackey Grand Prix, the last one, the first round, and I was playing Tyler's current version of Wilderness. I was like, all right, let's see what this thing's got. I ended up, like, off of Plague of Hell. I got both his Son of God and his Second Coming. Mm. And I still lost either 5-2 or (laughs) (laughs) 5-3. Like, it was so bad. Like, I was like, I I can't do it. I I don't know if it's me or if it's the deck, but I'm sure somewhere in the combination of that, this isn't my cup of tea. At least without, like, heavy tweaking. And it was... Also, the fact that I was, like, learning the cards as I go because it was the first time playing. But still, it feels really bad when you get rid of both free ones to still (laughs) lose the game by multiple souls. It couldn't even be 5-4 to help me out, you know, on the morale. I I love – if you play me right now, you can just guarantee that I'm going to try to get Plague of Hell off because that's that's one of my go-to plays, like, early on. Of course, I didn't get it off this game, but – because uh, I couldn't search. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> so, I really like how, like, game-altering it is, but it's still, like, a risk. Yeah. And it requires you to to have a couple of different things. You have to check a couple of different boxes to get it off. Yeah. Um, you got to have that evil Egyptian. Evil. 
It's it's an evil Exodus character. Exodus, Exodus, that's what it is, not Egyptian, right? Yeah, because. But did you that know it, that? Did you know that it's in a territory? Is that right? Is it? Because if it is, that's going to be a game changer right there. I I think it might be. I'm about to look it up. I might be wrong. There there's one card where you can reach across the board and discard their thing to do whatever benefit you get. And I don't know if that's it or if I'm thinking of another one. Yeah, that's right. It, you may it discard and and exit an evil excess card in play to discard, or just, yeah. it just says an excess oh, evil right. Excess. But but I'm saying it defaults to play, so Correct. I, I yeah. think I ended up playing that and getting rid of Jacobs, Pharaoh or no, not Jacobs. Um, somebody else I played maybe. I ended up I ended up doing a game where somebody had like Pharaoh's daughter down as evil, and I think I I played it or something, or that's where I first thought about hey. This can reach across and discard their thing to give me the benefit. That's so, interesting. It is interesting now that there's a bunch of Exodus, you know, characters for defense now with the Egyptians. See, but that's one of the things, like I said, I was a rookie because in my mind, Plague of Hell discarded, just like you said, an evil Egyptian. That's what I was thinking. And so I had a Malachite slaves in my deck for that reason. <laughs> like, hey, I can use this for Soul Gen or I could use it for Plague of Hell, but you can't because it's like a. It's first Samuel what the or something. Yeah, first Samuel, something yeah. like that. So But anyway, you ended up you en- ended good. up squeaking that one out, coming back from all of that upfront pressure. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He ended up um he ended up going in for his fifth soul. Uh it was four four, I think. No, it was three it was three four. I hadn't played Son of God or Second Coming yet. Cause I couldn't find him, couldn't search for him. Um and uh, he comes in and he does the infinite ab band and he's tossing the necks and everything. And I have to, I, I'm pretty sure he had angel of the Lord still or something. Uh, but I actually had the two enhancements I needed in my hand. Somehow I had a toss card and then I had um, reap the whirlwind. So I was able to like shuffle away. everything. Mm, yeah. So it, it, it was, I'm telling you, it was, it was crazy. It was, it was a really it was a, it was a hard game. Like when somebody pulls all that out first turn, it's like, oh man, like this is this completely changes everything I wanted to do with my deck. <laughs> but uh, it was still really fun. Those are the games that I feel like are more fun because anytime you sit down at Lackey and you're like, okay, this is the deck I'm building, or you sit down with real cards, you envision the way the game's gonna go. But you never envision like getting shut down and hard countered so early, and then mm-hmm. to know that like within the deck it still had enough answers to combat that. And I think that's what everyone wants is to have a deck that can run optimally and ha- still pack enough answers for when the games kind of get murky or I don't want to offend you or anything, Brad, but they get a little grindy since you're a grindy mm-hmm. player playing that grindy offense and defense. You got to plan for the grind. Yeah, you got to plan for the grind. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> but, yeah, when you finally, uh, like you've built a deck and it doesn't go optimally, but it still has enough backbone and things to, to pull you out of that hole, it almost makes you like feel like that deck is is better because it now has been in one of those tough, uh, you know, like gotten all that adversity up front and been able to, you know, have the answers versus... 
I don't know how many times you built a deck and somebody hits you with a hard counter and you're like, dude, I just had no answer for that card. And that's why I ended up losing the game like 5-2. Like back in the day before rotation, it would be like, I never thought about Covenant with Death when I built this deck. Somebody played <laughs> it and I'm just, that's all. That's all she wrote, big dog. <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, okay, now I got to go back to the drawing board and add an <laughs> Covenant answer with Death for that. and Cloud of Witness Moses. Yeah. Put them both together. Exactly. Oh. Yep. So. And if you have Pharaoh's daughter, then this CVP. So, you know, just it works. <laughs> so Moses works the whole time. Yeah. But you get, you get oh. what I'm saying. So it's nice that, uh, that you're getting some games in. Maybe, maybe we can uh, squeeze one in at some point here. Yeah, we've True. we've been talking about it a couple weeks, but couple you gotta weeks. Stop getting, you got to stop getting sick and stuff. Yeah, that would probably help. But anyway, oh, before you go on, I will say um, I did play one game against uh, the a lot of the new blue offense. Yeah, and uh, it was pretty cool. I was shocked at how fast the offense was. Incredibly fast, dude. <laughs> Tell me. I mean, incredibly fast. I was sitting there like, oh, they do what? Boom, 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 boom. Wow. Yeah. And if you got hand protection, it's like they get all these benefits because you can't discard. I or... feel like it's I feel like it's more territory protection on, on some of them. Like, I feel like those are more of the impactful ones. Like, I feel like the ones mm-hmm. that are hand, like they let you get a benefit, but and I I don't know the specific ones and, and which ones do. If they have hand protection, it punishes that, or if they have territory protection, it punishes that. But I feel like the the payoff was pretty good for the territory. Like if they have their territory protected, the character's in territory, and you come out with this guy. Now, I will say, back to uh, that district that we played, I ended up sitting out for sealed because we had an odd number and I I just, there was a bunch of other people wanting to play and I, I just sat out and I had, so I do have four boxes ordered and they are on the way, but I have not received them yet. And I knew that I, I had not received them and was not going to receive them for probably another week or two. Or I had, you know, kind of added up all of the, uh, the clues that led me to that that conclusion there. So when I went to this tournament, there was a few people that had open packs. So I became kind of a wheeler and dealer. I was I was like trading any roots cards that I had opened because Brian had an extra box there and I bought it from him. And so I kept all the blue stuff that I got. I was willing to trade anything else for just blue stuff. And I ended up buying and I, I think I offered like a fair deal knowing that these are going to become quote-unquote filler cards, but I think a dollar a piece I offered one of uh, Brian's students the hand. I was just like, anything blue you got from Roots, I'll give you a dollar. So I ended up assembling most of the cards that you need or that you would want if you're a blue player. And I retooled during Sealed while I wasn't playing. I retooled this deck like, and put Roots cards in. And then I played a game, a pickup game, against Peter, one of uh, the students from Brian's playgroup, and he's a pretty good player. And I, dude, I can't even explain to you, like, you say how fast it is, Mm -hmm. dude, with roots, 10 times faster it felt like. 
Like I, yeah. I, I come out and it can look so innocent as going Benjamin, exchanging him to Joseph, which I'll tell you right now, I know that a lot of people are, you know, they're debating whether you use IR Joseph or you use Joseph from Cloud of Witness to make them CBN. No, no. The prophecy of Christ, Joseph the Dreamer, that dude is phenomenal because of all the new cards that fit that Genesis 37 through 50. And him being able to come in off Benjamin protecting lost souls, go to him, and then he grabs a, a battle winner. But getting to potentially with him, low numbers, play a battle winner, them have a negate or something from the opening hand, and then being able to for, uh, follow up with, is it forgiveness of Joseph, I think, that CBN negates an evil card, and then opponent must underdeck an evil card from hand to get to burn through. Now they put an evil character in play to block. They played a negate enhancement if they had that off to stop your battle winner that you played with initiative. And now you get to CBN negate that and underdeck an evil card from hand. So you getting three evil cards out of their opening hand. That's, I mean, that's pretty good and sets you up. And then you start doing the manipulation after that. But that, mm. that play can come as a solo play. It can come as part of a big band. And that's the thing, dude. Like I was able to ban three or four different ways. I could ban and end in Maylock the Nameless, the angel that protects heroes in territory, which by the way also grabs an OT hero from reserve every time he comes into battle. So you get to grab more Sons of Jacob or whatever to uh to play off of the interrupt and band enhancements, which is pretty cool. But anyway, so Roots makes that thing so much more explosive and fun and I was really digging it and honestly that game there was the the most fun that I've played playing a deck since I played Redemption like legitimately Mm -hmm. I I enjoyed it thoroughly I'm super excited to play some more with it but I guess speaking of that like obviously Roots is becoming legal for tournament play I say legal like we've all been you know playing with bootleg versions of it and stuff but now that it's becoming more available, it goes, uh, it becomes sanctioned and legal on November 3rd. So have you played anybody that's played with Roots yet? I don't think so. I'm trying to remember if anybody actually, because it's hard for me to remember what's in Roots and what's in, what was in IR. But yeah. I, I don't think I've played anybody with any Roots cards yet. Yeah. Knowing that like right around the corner, like people are excited for trying to figure out IR and what's the, current best approach to the game that's not GOC focused because I feel like if you're playing GOC you're just going to keep playing that but if you're one of those that you know like you and I was not super big on like the lack of creativity within GOC I feel like there's a lot of room for create creative development now with decks and roots becoming legal is just I mean that's phenomenal I think we pretty much have the understanding of what all's in roots now. Most people, um, if you're you want to know before you open packs, it's available now. I know they haven't shared the official list yet, and it's not on Lackey or anything. But that should be coming, you know, in the next week, two weeks. Uh, at some point here, you you should start seeing it more readily available. What these cards do and things, but like there's hard counters. There's 
you know, good, strong heroes for individual themes. Like this hero, maybe not on its own is great, but it's, it's great within a certain theme. Like there's a Naomi reprint, which Naomi is currently only available in rotation in the, what is it? The J starter deck. I always get them mixed up anyway. And she, she, um, bands to a Ruth hero. That's all she does, but she's on that, that smaller card size. So if you play Ruth and you want to play her, you know, like, yeah, you play her, but it'd be nice if we had like a, a regular size version and all that. Well, there's a Naomi in Roots that not only bans, but also picks up another ability. It's not like a crazy ability. It's just kind of one of those like, okay, this is cool, but not like earth shattering. Mm-hmm. But within a Ruth deck where there's like that enhancement that you can place that if an opponent removes your last hero from battle, you may add a female to battle. I forget which one that is. But you can add her, and then she can go right back into banding to other Ruth heroes. And you get that extra benefit. And it's just little stuff like that. Like, it's it's not earth-shattering, but it's playable. But then you do have some abilities on cards that are, are earth-shattering. Like, dude, Nazareth Fortress, it's a good gospel fortress that does exactly what Nazareth did before. Protect all decks, reserves, and discard piles, I think it is. I think it includes reserve now, but protect them from search abilities. Hmm. That's it. That's all it does. And with resurrection, if you wanted to, you could defensively play that. My opponent's going first. I've got crowd's choice, second coming, or the resurrection. If I think that is gra- groundbreaking enough, I can turn that thing online before they even go into their like prep phase. Draw draw phase, if I got that card in my hand, they do their draw phase, hit upkeep, whatever, boom, I'm going to play this before you can do anything. I mean, that's that's significant. Yeah. And then not only that, there's there's a few other hard counters. There's um, obviously Pact with Death, which is Covenant with Death now. It's back. So, like, Roots is, Roots is going to shake things up, and I think the excitement factor of it, and these cards, what's really cool about it, and in booster draft at the district tournament, I used a card for the first time. I've never used it because I've never pulled it. And I've never thought that like it was worth spending the money on it because it was an ultra rare from a while back. I think it's early church. But Holy Grail, like I, I guess I've played with it on Lackey, but I don't have a physical copy for physical decks. And, you know, that's my preference is to play with physical cards. But Holy Grail is awesome. Convert an evil character once per turn, limit two per game. So you get to basically take away two evil characters with this artifact. And I played that, and it was awesome. And that card that I've not, you know, had access to because I haven't, you know, thought it was worth spending the money on. I've never really specifically needed it for a deck. To know that that's now accessible and a playable version that's, you know, like easily accessible for new players or young players for players that don't invest a lot of money because these cards are going to become basically filler cards. I mean, that's what they are. They're filler cards. But right now we've got the, you know, the drive for, Hey, we want to get roots, but eventually these cards and these abilities are now going to be accessible by everyone because these are going to end up being the cards that are so common 
for people that open multiple boxes and, and booster packs and stuff of the new set that at tournaments, hey, you need this card here, just have it. And all these cards are going to be accessible for for players, and it's going to allow decks to become more robust in a lower price point. I mean, obviously, we've already got the three woes, the second coming, and the shipwreck, $25 from the fundraiser. And this is kind of in that same vein. You get a lot of a lot of cards, especially those Fall of Man legacy rares that were harder to obtain, putting those in more people's hands. Like Amalekite Slave, you asked me if I had one, and I was like, I'd, I'd probably wait and check Roots because that's a Fall of Man legacy rare. And sure enough, here it is in the new color. You know, it doesn't have evil gold anymore. Now it's pale green. But mm-hmm. it's like, sure enough, there it is. That's it. And it's... It's just a commonplace card now in Roots. And I think that's really cool. Death of Unrighteous being another one. I mean, so so much good stuff to look forward to uh, with Roots. So have you poked around with the abilities and things and kind of spoiled yourself so far? Or are you keeping it kind of under wraps for now? No, I've definitely looked when I've thought about it. Like if I see something like Spoiler Channel, see a bunch of people posting, I'll, I'll hop on there and check it out. I haven't really come up with any strategies or anything with any roots cards. It's it's hard for me to do that when it's not out yet. Like I can yeah. think about maybe a thing, like when it first comes out, I'd be like, okay. But I can just kinda of move on and don't think about it anymore. Um, I need to be able to I love like sites like your turn games where they have like you can click on like roots and it has every card in roots and you can actually look at the set, you know, top to bottom and, and check it out that way and then and then also look up other cards on the site. The zombie card viewer, man. What are you doing? <laughs> man. See, I don't, I, I, I totally forget about stuff like that. Y'all need to post more about that stuff, like, on just like randomly to be like, <laughs> hey, check out Jombie's thing. He updated, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, and that's the thing, like, soon Roots will be accessible on those sites and stuff. But right now, you're kind of limited to the information as the community shares it because it hasn't been officially shared. But, I think Roots is is going to be something that's remarkable for the game for people being able to take the latest set and buy that and get cards that will help them build a variety of different decks but put a little bit more, um, I don't know, because, okay, I guess... I guess there's a little bit of an element of kind of evening the playing field with it being the heavy counters in there, you know, having Nazareth as a counter, having, um, there's one in there. I forget what the name of the card. Oh, pot of mana. It restricts players from controlling more than one character in battle. That's an artifact. It's easily negated, but like if that thing is online, it dictates how you go into battle. And now my Christian martyr and my angel of the Lord Dominance, which are dominance that players like you and me, we might take out of our deck because we can play, you know, we want to put crowd's choice. We want to try some of the new dominance. You know, we're playing a strategy that needs harvest time or whatever. But some people come into the game and that might be like whatever deck they get. You know, if they have IJ dominance that they get along with a starter deck, they might end up, that might be the only dominance they can put in to get to seven to build their first constructed deck. And now you can put a card like this that makes it even more effective. So it, it it's not like earth shattering or anything like back to that point, but 
it just feels like it's going to be kind of fresh for new players to do deck building with these simple abilities that can yield a lot of potential when they're paired together. Did you see uh, what Seth said on the ruling channel about that? I, I'm not sure. So do you remember what not alone does? Oh yep, Not alone. Yep. Interrupt a evil or neutral card, neutral card. And then you can band in. Mm-hmm. So the the ruling was, does to will they restrict restrict them from being in battle after the card has been interrupted? Yeah. See, I but, think I commented on this in another channel, maybe. Or yeah, maybe it was somewhere else. And I like no, I was I like, was no, rulings. that shouldn't do anything. Like restrict once it's it only sees the current game state and moving forward. Yeah. Yep. So that like. Stuff like that is really cool to see, like, how people piece things together like that. Yeah, and not alone as a card. It's a player-created card. I, I believe that's Justin Allstead created that, the Guardian. You know, go back a few episodes, and uh, we had him on. But that's a card that – who's playing that card, dude? Like, <laughs> nobody's playing that card, especially with Matthew because it's multi-brigade. Yeah. But, like, Everybody's if you get a payoff, multi-brigade like – in our deck now. <laughs> I'm trying to go all solo, solo yeah. brigades. Yeah, so like, but imagine like you give life to that card potentially or a little bit more life than it had previously by having some simple ability, like not saying it's not strong, but a simple ability on an easily accessible card for the community. Yeah, yeah, and that just, that's a cool combo, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, it's like you said, if you, Maybe uh, like if the cross is up, for instance, you pay, so you don't have to worry about a Christian martyr or angel of the Lord. Maybe they have the cross up and you can't angel them. Hey, you go in your solo hero, and now you can interrupt and and ban and that card's CBI by evil cards. So you know whoever you bring in, they're gonna stay in. So yeah, you come in with some kind of low initiative character like a Joseph. Get your card that you need. Go ahead and play that. Band a couple more in. You know, whatever you want to do. I'm just thankful that uh, Cloud of Witness Abraham negates opponent's neutral cards. Mm. So he can keep banding. <laughs> there you Dude, go. Dude, that, that guy has, I mean, it's not that <laughs> he, he has stood the test of time. It's not that he ever hasn't not been good, but it seems like he's even, he's getting better. He does get like, better. He's getting better in his last couple sets. Do you remember when I first started playing blue and it was like flood and then I started breaking off of that and doing the patriarchs and I was like, dude, Cloud of Witness Abraham looks like an old like redemption players card. Like I didn't see like very much value in it. I was like, you can ban to like this old Jacob and play first, sure. But then after you're you're done playing your you know, your crappy enhancements, because I think it was play a Genesis enhancement. And they weren't very good at the time. And I was like, they were all in the gates. <laughs> yeah. There's better things to do, right? Search for and another then, card. Yeah. But um, now that I've, uh. I've played him and done several deck iterations with him and been playing Patriarchs for like two plus years now, like that's my dude. Like Cloud of Witness Abraham is my favorite hero in the game mm. because he's just. He stands the test of time, man. Like, he's high numbers. He can search and band, which is crazy for a non-ultra rare to be doing. Um, By today's standards, you know, like, things, I guess, power level was 
was a little bit different back then. Like they're okay with that. But now like, cause banding and generating resources is such a powerful, you know, way to build your deck. Now it's usually like you get to search or band and he gets to do mm-hmm. both. Not only does he and do that, but it's all CBN and he's yeah. negating your neutral cards. Yeah. That's, Dude's insane. The only thing that Abraham needs is a new picture. A new picture? The picture on this card (laughs) is like, no offense to whoever put it on there. Hey, don't don't be hating on Guy Rowe, okay? But but there could have been a a better choice. Yeah, Yeah, I feel you on that one. I I do feel you. But now he's like classic redemption now. He feels classic. Like the picture makes him for sure classic. Yeah, maybe that's why it took me a little while to get, get into it, using him. We need to put him beside Sad Hendrix and like take a community vote. Dude, I, he he was beside Sad Hendrix a lot at the district tournament. <laughs> I'm just saying, search, ban, ban to a patriarch, keep that going. Yep. Just, I think ban draw. I think and, yeah. I think at one point it was like I banded to. I got him. I searched out my card. Banded to. I searched out my card. Or maybe I started, maybe I already had my card out and I started with him, banded to Abraham as the patriarch. I don't know what it was, but it was him, Sad Hendrix, if you want to call it that. <laughs> it's never not going to be Sad Hendrix. I know, I know. I'm and cool the, with it. And I, I always thought it was because of the way the card looked, but you told me it was something different. <laughs> I, I assume it was it was because I went through three different cards to land on him. And uh. I kept trying to tell them, I was like, Make him ban to an angel or something. Come on. Give him something cool. <laughs> Which, ban to a patriarch, draw potentially three is it's good enough. That's pretty good. Especially how fast they can get everybody but out. Got him. Then you go to like Judah. And then you go to Jacob. And then Jacob goes and searches for an enhancement. And then he can ban to Benjamin to protect lost souls or something. Exchange to um, Joseph, who searches for another Genesis enhancement. So you get to draw three. Potentially more, depending on how you how you line things up, but you get to draw at least three, and then you get to get two calculated searches for enhancements in a five hero band that's ridiculously strong. Oh, and you know, if you're worried about world peace, you can you can play that card too. I mean, it's just it's it's fun. It's it's all guns blazing with the blue offense now. I don't even know where my thought was before we you pulled me back into blue with the Abraham thing. You were talking about you were talking about pot of or we were talking about pot of mana and yeah. uh some of these other cards, but like if you're if you're not able to keep up with certain decks, counters help you keep up with that and, and having those accessible in roots is really cool. So so roots is is going to be legal on November third. And Brad, I've got I've got four four boxes coming mm. i've got four boxes so at some point we'll have to get together maybe we'll do a, uh you know hang out and and open some cards and then play some games but i'm not i'm not super uh i'm not super worried about getting a collection of roots cards because they're going to become filler cards so you can you can see if there's anything cool for that white and brown deck that you're playing or whatever we could just get together, open them up, and and have at it. But I just need a Malachite slave. That's all I need right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I got one of those in booster draft. I got you covered. 
But I know that Roots becoming legal is going to be super fun for the game. And I'm I'm really looking forward to how that kind of transition happens as we move into the Christmas season. I, I think people will potentially buy more cards at this time of year, you know, as gifts and whatnot, or get them, receive them as gifts. And then beginning of the year, I feel like we're going to hit this thing running hard. Like the meta is going to start to develop and people are going to be able to play decks with these new toys. I feel like every deck's got a little something they can play, play with. Like even if you're playing a GOC deck and you're pretty well set on what your deck is, this is what, and you're just, you know, waiting for the meta to develop so you can make that meta call with your GOC deck. There's enough new stuff to where you might could find something that will, you know, fall in line with, with what you're doing or, or open something else up. Perhaps you want to rush out to a big turn one and then drop Nazareth down to counter your opponent. Something like that. I think we're going to really just, I, I think it's going to be, hitting the ground, running hard, developing, you know, decks and strategies for the new card pool with, uh, or the new expanded card pool with all of these new cards. And that's going to be fun, especially considering, I mean, I assume we'll be playing a big type one type thing again at Mr. Classic because there is going to be another Mr. Classic. And I think right now we're just waiting on confirmation of dates before an official announcement is done on that. But I believe it's pretty well set in stone that we are having a second annual Mr. Classic, which is fun. It's nice. Cool. Somebody can come and try to take the belt from from Jaden. No, you probably won't do it. But <laughs> I mean, you you definitely might not do it. If he does lose, watch him lose to like his brother, and it just stays at the same spot at the house. Stays on the shelf. He's gonna find. See, I, th- I feel like uh, for Mr. Classic, that's one of them things where if he does find a, a busted combo, he's probably not going to share it because it's not yeah. like nationals or anything. Well, it's like, you're going to find out this combo in yeah, in real, in real time. But you want to know a <laughs> twist for Mr. Classic? I heard this through the grapevine. I won't tell you who the grapevine is or who owns it, but I heard this through the grapevine. <laughs> The card pool for Mr. Classic, because it can get stale if it's just scrolls only. How about this? It's scrolls only plus roots. Mm. So no like GOC and all that, no recent sets, but classic cards brought to the new, you know, uh, card design and, you know, card frame and all of that. But they're they're made to like harken back to what the original card did, or you know, bring that ability into today's today's game. Kind of um, kind of fits that classic mold, or uh, what you would assume from classic. So you get the classic scrolls only card pool with actual roots cards. That's that's gonna be interesting now. And now think about all those hard counters I just mentioned that are you already had them. But now, like, I feel like, and maybe maybe because there's not negate neutral characters, you don't get it as much. But a card with the same same card type, the art, and I assume it's probably the same art on Nazareth, so you can't play both. But now you can, instead of playing the site, which might be, 
I mean, it depends on what you think is more easily easily negated and whatnot. You could play the fortress. Might make it a little bit more uh, strategic on how they target it and, and things. You get to add that. You get to bring some of the characters maybe with not necessarily better abilities, but I guess... Okay, nobody's taking Angel under the yoke and getting rid of him and playing the Roots version, right? But some of those, like, outlier outlier cards, like, there's a few characters that make enhancement CBN. And I, I don't know that necessarily that all of them, their previous version characters did that. I mean, they they could have. I don't, I don't know the, the scrolls card pool that well. So don't get me talking out of, out of pocket here, but... I feel like maybe there's going to be some some fun twist with old deck strategies with throwing roots in there. That'd be cool, yeah. You know, something simple like, I guess, because I bought a bunch of blue stuff and I've seen a bunch of blue stuff in roots more so than other things, but you get Obedience of Noah. The other one kind of sucks. Like, you have to get initiative and then play it, and... The Roots version lets you negate an evil card, then choose a blocker. Mm. So it makes that more playable. So just something simple like that. And and then across all of the different cards in Roots, like how many more cases of that type of example could filter into what you see in the classic decks for the eight-man tournament, which I assume will still be an eight-man tournament. But... That is that is super fun to look forward to, so I figured I would I would share that tidbit with you. Yeah, it doesn't make me want to go and build classic decks. Maybe it makes you you want to go build classic decks, but I'm okay with no scroll cards. <laughs> Listen, me and you were definitely some of the the louder people, even though we were brand new to the game. Bring me we were rotation. Talking about rotation. We were Off like, with every- his head. <laughs> Every time somebody brought up rotation on the Discord, we were like, rotation, rotation. I mean, we were like, we were on it, man. Yeah. And people were like, nah, man, we got all these cards. We, you know, I don't care. You can have them online. Like, yeah. <laughs> we got like these thousands of dollars worth of cards, and they're just going to become obsolete. And we're like, rotation. <laughs> yeah, because we didn't have any of those cards for the most part until yeah. we uh, started buying all these. I don't know cards. if it was like a, a strategic thing by leadership for the game but you know the people that had a lot of cards in in the classic form uh classic format and you know weren't necessarily prepared for rotation i feel like one of the drawbacks is always like well i'm not investing all this money again i've already spent money on these cards i'm not you know spending that much more for new product you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i wonder if making like a root set that brings some of those cards and basically a set that's going to become filler and going to become very commonplace for you to have these cards. Like at some point, everyone that plays the game actively will have most of Roots. It's like IJ starter decks. It will become almost that commonplace. I wonder if part of that is why they've made... Like obviously we're worried about the new player experience coming in, but when rotation happened and people, you know, they couldn't use their card. Is it kind of like pulling on the nostalgic heartstrings of players from yesteryear? Are they like, hey, you can come back and you can play these cards. Oh, yeah, and they're going to be super cheap because they're the filler cards now. 
So you can build that collection back up when you buy a new set. You kind of get these as throw-ins. I wonder if that was kind of – obviously, I think Rob was the one who had the initial thought to, hey, let's upgrade the filler cards in the packs. But I wonder if that was kind of like a thought that the elders had at any point to like this kind of gives an outlet for people to get some of those cards that had that nostalgic pull and then, you know, potentially take someone that doesn't want anything to do with rotation and makes them, oh, that's okay. I can kind of play what I used to play in a new way. Yeah. So my initial thinking was the, uh, I thought that it would be a great idea to do a legacy rare set of all the old cards before they came out with Roots. I was sitting there thinking, like, once they did rotation, I said, man, why don't we just do a legacy rare of all the non-busted cards, but, it's, you know, whatever. But I think Roots like is... An uh, expanded, actually, like an expanded, like an expanded kind of like what they were doing with each set, just by itself, yeah. though? Yeah, by itself. Like, uh, it's its own thing. Like, here's the legacy rares of... And even let the community have voted on it. Like, hey, what cards do you want to see or whatever. Obviously, you couldn't probably print something like Ishmaya again or whatever, but um, but there's two cards I was looking forward to in Roots, and I hadn't seen them yet. You, they don't there. exist. Um, Bravery of David does not exist. It's it in the does. starter deck. It's in the starter deck, and it's a totally different ability. But It's Bravery a terrible ability for you. And what was the other one? The other one? Think? What's the other one that you want to see? Yeah. Bravery of wanna... David. It was another one I always played. Hold on, hold on. Bravery of David and See now I feel I feel the pressure. Like the pressure's mm-hmm. mounted because if I people are going to think we're not boys anymore if like I don't know Ooh. this card. Well, you knew the first one. I mean, it was Yeah. So Bravery of David and then Come on, it's connected. Is it um I'm trying to think of the name it's the one. It's like the Lord, like Warrior's yep. Prayer or something. Yep, yep. That Soldier's lets you go Prayer. and get something from your discard. Yep, yep. Decker, I think it's Decker discard. Yeah, it's Decker disc. You shuffle it. Yeah. To go to your deck, uh, or you can exchange with discard or something. Oh, Search what's... your deck or discard pile for a red enhancement. Shuffle this card into that pile. Yeah. So, so what's the what's the name of the card? A Soldier's Prayer. A Soldier's Prayer. That's it. Yeah. So you just keep reoccurring. Bravery of David. Yeah, which and it is was it was a song for the game. <laughs> it was a song, so it was a music uh, leader. <laughs> it's a music leader thing too, so you can even get it out of this card. So there's a you understand why that's not in Roots. <laughs> no, busted. I don't. Busted. It's not busted. It is compared. Busted. Listen, I could probably name like twenty cards. What spirit more is powerful? Dove? More powerful than this card. This come out in GOC. Spirit as a dove. Yeah. Gabriel. Gabriel's not that crazy. He's really not. Yeah. I think what he ena- I think what he enables though being a yeah. being a prophet that's an angel that then bans to any gospel hero. I think those things like add up to its value as a an ultra rare but No, I I get what you're saying and All right, and what's what, more busted, Matthew or a soldier's prayer? But what about the deck that would use both of them? Because <laughs> somebody would put that together. Uh, yeah. Red. Yeah. People you put have to have red heroes. You know how many people asked me if I was playing Matthew in my Patriarch's deck? They were like, well, just go turn one, Matthew, and then set everything up for turn two and the rest of the game. But 
Blue and Clay almost go together too. They have oh, they their, do. They're tied Cycles. Yeah, when I played Genocycles, that that deck because at nationals. What's what's the enhanced? Is, is that enhanced still Nova, legal? Uh, Bless the nations. Bless the nation. Is that still legal or is that a scroll cord? No, it's 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 still legal. Okay, so yeah, yeah, you got like stuff with clay on it, right? In blue. Yeah, there's. A, but how there's much a... red and how much red and clay stuff do you? But see? you don't have not to have much. that. The red can just be separate. Who are you gonna play this red in a in a? You're just saying. You, so basically, so he's a sacrifice hold on, hold to on, just draw cards. So what? What color? What color are the disciples? Purple and clay. Okay. So, what color is Solomon's dream? Red, Red and purple. And purple. <laughs> there you go. That's the connection. You get two uses for go take a card. No, but uh, Solomon's dream. They got to be meek. If you want it, right? Uh, yeah, uh, maybe. And and they're clay. But I'm just saying. Side. I'm just saying. If somebody wants to splash it, they will splash it. It's like Splash Mountain Water Park. They will do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to stop I, them. I, I do miss. So one thing I was thinking about this. One thing that my deck, my current deck, is severely lacking, which I think is a huge advantage in Redemption in general. And Solomon's Dream just made me think of it. Is uh, looking at the opponent's hand somehow, uh, his hand, his hand knowledge oh, yeah. is what they call it. Hand knowledge, yep. Um, so it's something that most all my decks that I build lack, and I feel like it, if uh, if I could add that somehow with the strategies that I like to do, I think I could be a lot better player in that way. Like knowing what they have in their hand is huge. Yeah, but you know, you know what? Redemption players are so greedy we as players are so greedy and we just want we want the best we want to be able to build the best deck that has all the cool elements from every every deck strategy we want to be able to mm-hmm. put it into this one over the top deck and i think you're you're talking about hand knowledge and adding it to your deck there's so many cards right now that allow you to look at the opponent's hand there's yeah. several characters that come into battle look at opponent's hand there's a lost soul that, when put in play, look at the hand, and you can copy that every upkeep with um, imitate. You have what's the one the the artifact? Is it like Temple Veil or something? Yeah. Uh, you can look at opponent's hand. You have Urim and Thummin reprinting Legacy Rare. You have so many ways to look at opponent's hand, but that's not good enough for us as players anymore. So this card that lets me just look at a hand. What what am I going to do with that? So now I want to look at a hand and do something. It's going to take up an artifact slot. Right. Just to look so at now, their hand. So now instead of playing that <laughs> artifact that's taking up that artifact slot, I'm playing something like Teaching in Parables, where I'm going to negate a card, and then I'm going to take a card out of your hand. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's it's almost like you're worried about you're worried about a card that gives you <laughs> ongoing hand look is too slow to play right now because you yeah. need to be able to do you need to be able to do something on top of that. And you'd rather trade it for like, I'll do this one time and get a benefit than something that lets me do it over and over and over as long as the game goes and it's not negated. And it's like, that's, that's so like encompassing of what redemption players are right now because they want their cake and they want to eat it too. And trust me, bro, I'm fat. I like, I want to eat the cake too. I want the ice cream on top of the cake, mix it up and all that. Yeah, that's, that's it. 
That's me at a birthday party, right? In a nutshell. But redemption players are like that. They they want they want all the best things and they want it to go in their deck. I don't want it in the card pool. I want it in my deck. How can I make that work in my deck? And these fifty cards, which is really like <laughs> right. Uh it's really like uh, 36 cards when you take out souls and dominance. Yeah, 36. If you add hopper, it's like 35. So, yeah, um, I, I need a teaching in parables, a pretension, and I was trying to think of that black um, enhancement from GOC that uh, I really like. Gets rid of your hand? A card in yeah. your hand? That it would be uh, um, high priest plot? High priest plot. See, I need all three of those. Oh, yeah, I in, played that in, in, my, IR. in my Philistines. Yeah, that so those cards. That's what I'm saying. Like these cards are so good. Like high priest plot negate a good card or reserve a good card from opponent's hand. Any card, even a dominant, protect meek lost souls from yeah. and and your evil cards from good cards. At the at the district tournament, I used high priest plot to get rid of their um their woes, and all I had was. Down, all I had down was complacent. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to play my territory class. And I waited and I waited. And he's like, okay, go ahead. All right. I'm going to reserve a good card from your hand. Cause he thought that he thought, and I, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to try to, you know, mispaint the picture, but it's on you as a player to recognize what the card does and whether it's active and online right now or it's not. You know, you got to know whether the switch is on or not, right? I feel like that's part of the skill base for being a good deck pilot. And this was one of the guys from Chris's play group. And he didn't realize that Complacent was only active in the battle. And he had woes in his hand. He could have woes that, came into battle. His other card in hand, his other dominant in hand was Angel of the Lord. And I wasn't worried about that in battle if I could get rid of his way to negate my soul. So I ended up reserving his woes, and after after I reserved it, I was like, I don't know why you didn't play that before I reserved it. <laughs> he was like, what do you mean? I couldn't because of your soul. I was like, and then I handed it to him, and I was like, during battle. And he's like, oh, man. And then proceeded to, uh, you know, continue to uh, make less than great decisions because he was dwelling on that one. I probably should have told him after the game, but the point is, like, I'm not going to try to, like, misconstrue what's going on here. But I'm also not going to be like, hey, before I play this enhancement, you can actually play that dominant before I get rid of it. So, you know, call me call me a, a bad person if you want or whatever. But I did that, and I think that having those cards, and that's one of those situations to where instead of just looking at the hand, being able to look at the hand and do something is where, like, we as redemption players, we want the the – satisfaction of taking this knowledge and immediately acting on it, not, oh, I've got mm-hmm. this knowledge, and now let me go into battle strategically and think about how many negates you had, how many battle winners I had. Like, that's too much work for us, right? We just want to get the card out of your hand, so, all right, I don't have to think about it anymore. But, yeah, being able to to pair all of those uh, hand-look abilities with other strong abilities, like removing things from hand, is really cool. And um that's like from the uh I guess it's the I starter deck. It has that silver enhancement that everyone plays with angels and GOC. Angelic guidance. 
look at look at opponent's hand. Sure. Now take a silver card from deck. <laughs> okay. I'll do that. I'll look at your hand and then I'll take, you know, whatever I need from my deck. But I think that's where we are as redemption players. Is we're just a little bit greedy on we want we want the new cool thing to work in our deck and then it has to do enough for us to justify it ever being played. As long as people continue to think that way, the top power level cards will get played, and then those that are just a, a, a step below that will get less play. But I really think there's a lot of creativity within that just a step below the most powerful cards. Like you could build strong theme decks that play, you know, thematically to their story in the Bible and, and source material and all of that. Or you can just keep splashing everything together to where, like, you're blending, and at this point now you're probably going to be blending OT clay prophets, or I'm sorry, priest with disciples, <laughs> things like that. Best of both worlds type thing, you know, two different people groups that did not even interact with, did not even live in the same time period, type of thing. That's not bad. It's it's not like it's not like you should be shamed for doing that. But I feel like as long as we're willing to do that and not not drop that power level to then be a little bit more creative. It's just kind of where we are as a, a player base. Not to, not to get on my soapbox and say that that's wrong or anything. I'm just kind of pointing out what I see. And almost in a way, like if you want to be a top player, you almost have to think like that. You know, you have to think, I mean, there's only so like, a, a, uh, I mentioned this to somebody the other day. I was playing them. Um, and I just said, hey, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about it, your deck, you may want to think about it like this to start out with as a, as a newer player. Like, hey, here's um, 18 cards, good cards in your deck. You have 12 evil cards between evil characters, evil enhancements. You have seven souls, seven dominants, and I think that leaves room for like six, five or six like artifacts and fortresses yeah, five, or like... You know, something like that. So, like, that's kind of like the basic outline. Like, 18, 12, that's 30. Then you got uh, 14. So, yeah, it is 6. If, if you do it like that. Uh, to get to 50. And with that being said, you know, you only got 12 cards on defense in your deck. I mean, out of all the cards in Redemption, you only got 12 cards you're working with, essentially. Like, uh generally the the makeup would probably be seven or eight evil characters in today's game, which mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like just a year or two ago, it was like, I'm going to do four or five evil characters and like, just have extra ways to get to them, you know, like darkness, lost soul and type of thing. And now people are realizing one territory class, you're one not able to class. speed through your deck to get mm -hmm. to the fewer evil characters in your deck. So you have to have a little bit more, to balance the numbers out. I think I played eight or nine evil characters and then like five enhancements um, in that deck that I played at that tournament. Well, I think um, and, one thing that's, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I, I think that was, that was close to the right balance to where I didn't feel like I was struggling for a block or whatnot. And then I didn't feel like I had way too much. If I did have anything too much, it was probably an enhancement, but I feel like people are also, and this kind of gets overlooked a lot of times, but I think one, 
one dominant at least is slotted to defense to be able to, like even if it's mm-hmm. something that manipulates their hand, uh, like a, a vein philosophy could technically be, you could you could be doing that at the right moment to try to assist your defense with getting a block or a mayhem type thing. Or you could just roll with like Christian Martyr, falling away, that type of thing. But generally like one dominant is going to be there. And then I think one, at least one, if not two of your support cards, like your, you know, your sites, your fortresses, your artifacts are going to help your defense out. Like Egypt is a really good example right now because it's popular right now because of all the things you can go and get. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to get better. But Egypt, boom, now I can go get an evil Egyptian. I can go and get Amalekite slave. Or I can go get my storehouse. I can go and get my, you know, uh, whatever Genesis uh, fortress. So I can go and get Goshen if I'm playing that. I can go and get, you know, Noah's Ark. But I have the versatility of it can also lean towards defense. And then I, I feel like I feel like this is where this is where people put it in and they don't think about it until it's already in there is like the souls. So like people play lawless just because it's gonna get you an extra card. Yeah, but it's gonna get you an extra evil card. So it helps you kind of maintain or or it or not maintain, but um it increases your chances of of having a character and enhancement to, you know, go into battle with turn one or whatever if you land on that. Or it can get you several dominance because there's dual alignment or evil dominance. And then you can do darkness while soul. There's prosperity, which is kind of just a blind draw too. But if you don't have an evil character in your hand, you can use that information to, okay, well, I can sacrifice this card I might not need to draw two. So there's ways to make to make it work with less evil cards in your deck to where like when you say like eighteen good cards, five support cards, and then twelve evil cards, I think a lot of people who like especially if they're newer might think that that's a lot of odds against you having blockers. But when you add in all those other ways to get to cards, I think and those things are why people have ran in the past less cards. But now that you get to potentially less of those souls turn one and less of those support cards turn one because you can't just play a bunch of territory class enhancements and chain them together and thin your deck out. And I think people were doing that and now we're starting to see we're, we're a season into one territory class uh, limit on enhancements. And I feel like defense is getting... Uh, the bigger spot in decks now. And I think that's the right call because you need to have more balance for the way that games can go now, because the worst thing is having to give over a soul or if you have to give over two or whatever, just cause you don't have a blocker, then you've set yourself up for failure in your deck building stage. But I think 12 is probably like a hard minimum right now for me personally, not to, not to jump on your point and, and harp on, when I say twelve, I, you know, I think that uh, eight to four, eight evil characters of four enhancements, or seven to five, somewhere around there. But um, one thing I think about, like if I do, I would probably do an eight to four, is kind of where I'm at right now, and and just depending on the deck. But uh, evil characters, what I've learned or, or I'm learning 
in more strategy, even especially from watching like Jaden play and people like that, uh, people who are better than me. <laughs> uh, is so that, anybody? Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> shots fired. Oh, man. Right now, probably so. I make so many mistakes. Just about anybody could beat me right now. Um, but defense, you got to uh, plan for defense getting you resources for your offense and for the game. So, like, I'm big right now on my defense trying to draw cards, for instance. And I told you about this this play the other day. It's, it's not a power play by any means. But if you can get Heyman out um, and get to play a card, for instance. He's only like a 5-6. Um, so you play Heyman's Boasting. Interrupt the battle. Or it takes a, a Persian from reserve. It interrupts the battle, draws three, and plays on Heyman. So you take... Um, Isn't it like, is the play tied to if used on Heyman? If used on Heyman, correct. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, is it CBN or something? I, I knew there was something that was dependent on it being used on Heyman. Yeah, it's not CBN, but it's just, it is a, you get to, you can take Persian Horseman from reserve. Persian Horseman is, whew, in design yeah. element for cards, it's still one of my favorite cards. Yeah, um, but you, you interrupt the battle, you draw three, then you can play Persian Horseman as a enhancement. So now you you get to either discard an artifact or draw two. So that's a draw five. And he gets to take an enhancement from reserve. So now you get a battle winner, like a, a Scattered or a, a Reap the Whirlwind or something like that, so long as you still have initiative. Uh, or you can get like a Negate or something like that. But anyways, the, the whole point was you just drew five cards on defense. Even if you lose the battle, okay, whatever. You know, um, it's a, it was a plus five for you, and you negated all their characters, so maybe you negated their draws or whatever. So I, that's kind of what I think about. And Heyman actually gets an enhancement from deck. So you get a plus one there. He can draw or get an enhancement from deck. You get the, the card from reserve. You get the plus five, and you get another card from reserve. So... That's a that's a lot of cards, in just just one one little just play two a two card combo. You know what that reminds me of? You remember when I I checked with Marcus way back when, playing Philistines with the LOC stuff. Yeah, like I'm going yep. in with armor bear. I'm going to equip Philistine chariot and horses. Interrupt, draw two. All right, now I'm going to exchange to reserve, and the weapon goes with him to reserve. So then I get Commander Feichel out to equip the weapon to interrupt, draw two, and now I'm playing. So yep. I'm drawing four, and I'm eventually playing the first enhancement. But then once I play the enhancement, and you're removed from battle or what, however that plays out, now I still have uh, Commander Feichel's banned. Yep. And it's like just it just keeps going, and then like you ban the herdsmen to just generate value based on what they did, and like all this is happening after they're already removed from battle. So yep. awesome. Yeah, yeah. If if you remove them from battle in that, then yeah, you just keep going with all the all the um special abilities on your character. So I remember when when I first started playing that, it was it was it felt good because it was like something I realized you could do and, and I did it. And then I, I think I think I've seen a couple of other people since then do it. And I don't know if like people were doing it before I, I thought about it, but it's kinda cool to see it and then see other people doing it too. Yeah. If only we still had that. Isn't that card? That card was a scroll card, right? Yeah. 
but you can do it with a new draw two off of um off of what is it it might be the same name but it's draw two and it does not whatever it is it does not let you play a card Hmm. but it's from the new starter deck so it's like you could chain the draw twos together but not getting the interrupt the battle draw and then play is where it kind of kind of fizzles on it but that was good stuff but i guess uh i did have a few like random things for us to go over but um i think the big big thing is just that roots is is becoming legal and and we're there and i know that you mentioned as we started to record that you listened to uh, or you watched Tyler's latest video and you're not sure mm-hmm. if you finished it. And I know that I didn't finish it, but I watched, I don't know how long, how long was it? About 40 minutes. That sounds and, right. And I think I'm about like 10 minutes away from finishing or so. Um, but he was talking about building this deck. And so you take time and you build this deck and you put all your effort and energy into it. And then it doesn't quite turn out how you want it to. And in the game, and I've definitely been there, but that was such a, that was such a, like, it it felt weird because Tyler was talking about how he, he expected to do well, and he didn't, and you just kind of assume that Tyler's going into most tournaments not really expecting to do well, or not really worried about doing well, and that's not like a slight on him, it's just he has his plate full, and he's not really dedicating a lot of effort into this one deck but he's making a lot of, you know, content for the community and stuff. He's in play design and his head is, you know, you know, spread across several facets for the game of redemption to where he's not like devoting a lot of effort and time into this, but he really worked hard on this one deck and you get to see a little bit of that vulnerability of like, dude, I really wanted to do good. And then to top it off, he lost to Jay. (laughs) So Jay is like, Jay's the type of person, and he told you, like, on that call to where, like, Jay's like, man, that was a great game, wasn't it? Oblivious to how it made him feel. (laughs) And he's like, dude, we had one battle. (laughs) Yeah, that's good for Jay. So it was a good game. But hearing him talk about that and uh, kind of the the realness of putting a lot of effort into a deck, and I think there's a lot of people that I don't know if it's that they don't want to put in a lot of effort into a deck just to be disappointed. Or maybe it's that they don't really know how to go about putting a lot of effort into a deck, if that makes sense. It's easier for them to copy a deck list and make smaller tweaks than try to come up with your own thing and potentially flame out. But that's that was definitely a good topic to uh, to mention from someone like him that's an esteemed player that you know has a, a history of success. Obviously, lately he hasn't had as much success, but that's because he's ramped up in card design and being an elder now over the last few years. So it's not just his playing. Um, and I, I'll be the first one to, you know, bag on him about, Hey, I thought you were going to do something at this tournament, but to, to kind of see the, that side of it makes me feel like how I did when we first came into the game. And, you know, we would sit down and play those long Wednesday nights through all hours of the day. And you had tweaked your deck, and I had tweaked mine from last week's game, and we were like, all right, I got this card I'm going to use against you. You're not going to be able to stop it. And then it's like, dude, I couldn't do anything. I mean, matter of fact, the last time that I came to your house with Keegan and we played, 
you remember like I had this deck and I was like, this deck should do well. And you ended up beating me twice. And I was like, man, forget it. I'm about to pull out this other deck and play. <laughs> and that's the, that was the same deck that I made a worse version of that deck when I went to nationals and I got top eight. I, I finished in eighth, but it was that same deck. So I, I feel like there's a, there's a lot of traction for, for that actual topic there. Do you have any, any thoughts or any like memories that, that, that drug up for you when he was talking oh, yeah. about putting a lot of effort into something and it not working out? Uh, um, well, the first thing that came to mind was the first Lackey Grand Prix whenever, you know, I felt like I had a pretty good deck. That, that oh, was when you I, were top four. Yeah. I was, well, I was top two. Yeah. I mean, top I played two. The Yeah. You made it to the championship. Yep. But what happened to me was what happened to Jaden whenever I played him the round before. He had a horrible hand. I mean, he like his deck didn't do anything like it should have done. And I was able to pull out a win because uh, nine times out of ten, I'm not beating Jaden, right? I mean, let's just be honest. Like, I'm not. But that game, the the way it just unfolded, it just all worked. But the same thing happened to me, I feel like. it's Not, not to take anything away from um, Kevin the Dude. Josh um, Potratz. Josh, I was like, what was Josh Um Everybody he, remembers he's Kevin, but sometimes yeah. people don't remember he's Josh. <laughs> Josh. Um, he had an, that deck that he had was an incredible deck. Uh, the way that the uh, it was it was a really good deck, but my deck didn't do anything. Like it was embarrassing to play, especially like with people watching because they're like, "Hey, is it like a Grand Prix Championship? We're gonna like post it or whatever." And like people were watching, I was like, "Oh yeah, we were." Oh there. my gosh, I was this there is watching. Horrible. <laughs> Like I, it was just horrible. Like my deck didn't do anything like it was supposed to do. So, yeah, I felt horrible going in. You know, coming out of that game, like, like I'd rather lose with my deck just being out, out decked, if that will, if you will. Like they just they had a better strategy. They they played better or whatever. Not uh, versus you not getting to just do not any being of able your to strategy. do anything. And like uh, one more thing, real quick, is like like being at nationals. I mentioned this before on the podcast where. Um, you know, I go into a game and they drop down blindness turn one and my whole Ruth deck was searching. Like it was the only draw card I think I had was Elimelech, you know, and I'm sitting here like, um, wow. You know, like what do you do? Yeah. That's how it was. Um, and then on top of that, he played the, um, the, uh, put the demons on your side and choose the blocker oh, yeah. with uh covenant with Adam. So like, I didn't even get to play defense that turn that game either. And which, which player was this? Was it Noah? It could have been. Noah uh, Wagonek. I, I know I played it. I don't remember if he was the one or not, but it, it probably was him. Uh, he, I mean, he obviously had an incredible deck, shut me down. Couldn't do anything on defense. I don't think I played a single defensive card that game. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's games like that. You sit there and be like, do I really have a good deck or not? Yeah, see, <laughs> you know, that's the evolution of this, though. Like, it comes full circle. Because yeah. remember earlier we were talking about you playing Seth? Yeah. And you walking away from that, I, I was like, it, it gives you like a almost remarkable feeling when you walk away with a deck that you built. And then, like, the game did not go the way that it was supposed to go because everybody plays that lackey game out you know when they play against themselves or whatever they play it out a certain way it goes a certain way in their head but when you get hit with that upfront counter 
and the deck doesn't get to do what it's supposed to do, does it still have enough answers to be able to pull you out of that type of situation? And the the white and brown deck obviously did in that game against Seth. And now we're talking about the kind of, you know, off of Tyler's video idea here, uh, our, our topic, kind of a disappointing experience that you had where your deck didn't have enough answers. Mm-hmm. And maybe that means you're getting better as a deck builder. Or maybe that means that the versatility of white and brown through IR is just ridiculous on the uh, being able to well, adapt and change to because it seems like yeah. they they have a lot of board manipulation they have a lot of hand uh not necessarily hand manipulation but you can load your hand up with resources with that deck and then you have the ability to manipulate what the opponent can do with activating some of the uh brown defense that um activates curses and stuff and then you always have you know like Israel's rebellion as just a soul hide thing that that can buy you a turn or two, that type of thing. So it, it's kind of set up for having answers to the game not going the way it's supposed to. Yeah, um, it definitely can. It just, but it, I think it comes down to, um, you know, who goes first sometimes. And then also, like, because you can't help what your starting eight is. Like, you're obviously going to have, like, if you get all enhancements and you don't get any characters, you know, or something like that. Uh, or you, you you only got three forts and sites and or I don't know like there's certain you car, got two dominants two artifacts yeah. and a fortress in your opening hand yeah and they those don't weird, switch out characters those weird turns yeah you got like uh, Noah's Ark that protects your characters but not one that like searches for one and so like you know you start off with cards that you you need and are good in your deck and normally are okay but when they all come in at the same time and they're the top eight it's like all right, I am like way behind right now. I can't generate any value. Uh, I can't block. I can't, you know, I just can't do anything. So it, those those times are going to happen, unfortunately, even no matter. If you have 10 enhancements in your deck, I mean, there's That's a chance you, you could draw. I am creator. <laughs> you know, the new I am creator is I a haven't mulligan. Seen it. It's a mulligan. Hmm. It lets you draw draw a card to replace the one you just activated. And then each each player, I think, shuffles their, their hand and draws eight or something. Or draws the same number. So, like, I, th- I guess it works that way. So if your opponent has, like, fewer or more cards in hand, I don't remember the exact wording, but it's basically a mulligan. It plays out like you getting a first-turn mulligan. You start your turn, and then you basically start over. With eight fresh cards, like I don't like these eight. Give me eight more. Hey, that's Moses' friend of God, ain't it? That is Moses' friend of God, but that's that's dependent upon being drawn. Yeah, this you can like search for and then play it. I guess I don't know, but I tell you what, we have rambled on for over an hour and a half, <laughs> and I only had on the outline just so people at home know we had like four four topics here. And they were all just Tyler Talk's latest video, Redemption with Jaden's latest video, the Zoom Discord top eight that's going on. We didn't even get to touch on that, but <laughs> I mean, then Roots becoming legal. Oh, and the fundraiser goal. We have we have hit six thousand, so we're getting new packaging. Woohoo. Woo-woo. And um potentially those packs can now with packaging 
be sold at major retailers like on Amazon potentially can be sold at what's the uh is it christianbookstore.com or whatever the online huge place to buy like christian books and things lifeway no not lifeway but it's like christian i mean christian book is one of them and... yeah at, on that site i think the new starter decks are there because they're in that new packaging and stuff so potentially we can get ir and then goc with new packaging in stores like that to where they actually get to newer players' hands that maybe don't come in contact with the community first and just kind of notice the cards. So that's cool. We just rambled on from just playing the game. So uh, <laughs> We were so excited because we haven't played games in so long. Since right. So. Isn't that crazy? So it's almost like if you uh, if you were getting a little dull with the game or whatever, it's, it's not as exciting to you. All you got to do is get out there and play. Now, mm-hmm. it might, might help you out if you play blue. Because <laughs> uh, that helps me out. Yeah. But well, it's play. good. Hey, you need to change um, uh, Marshall's mind, man. Nick Marshall. Did you ever go back and listen to that? No, I didn't. Man, you need to go and listen to it. <laughs> you just want me to get angry, don't you? No. We're going to have an entire all. podcast blasting Nick Marshall about his, his bad taste in blue. <laughs> he may change his mind now that these cards are out. I doubt it. I mean, the motivation for, for players like like him is probably just how how can I make GOC still as good. And that's not a knock on him, but, like, when you come into the game and you don't have time to develop, like, and play a ton and go through, like, full-on deck building. Like, he's got the deck that won last year. There's nothing that's come out that's, like, made that obsolete. No. So all he's got to do is, like, sharpen it up, you know, keep keep the, the edge, you know, ready for battle. Just not yeah. let it get dull. I mean, there's a good chance that some kind of very close version of that deck would would win. Next. I, I would be shocked if that deck doesn't get top three next year. Yeah. For sure. And the year after. And the year yeah. after. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I, I'm excited to see what that, that next tier below, like, the super, super high-powered decks do to where you fall into where you get a little bit more thematic. And a little bit more like, this is my deck strategy that I like to play. Like, I really like to play Toss. Toss is great when it works, but if somebody finds an answer for it, or if you build your deck too much on it and you lose one big battle, you can lose a game. So it's not the, it's not the like foolproof, like strongest deck strategy, but I like playing it. So I build decks with it. So like, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about to where it's not. You can acknowledge that it might not be the absolute best, but you can still have fun playing it with all the new toys that we've got from IR plus Roots. It's going to be fun to see people uh, in that level. And obviously, you know, you'll still have the the people at the top with the GOC stuff that is is going to have to be reckoned with if you want to win nationals. You're going to have to have an answer for those style decks if you want to be that guy that can win nationals. Mm-hmm. That's just where it, where it's at right now. But we've rambled on enough, so we'll go ahead and end it here. Uh, definitely good catching up with you, Brad, and uh, hearing sure. about some of your games. And maybe, you know, I'll continue to be on the mend here. And in the next couple of days, maybe we can uh, we can we can get a game in or something. I do know tomorrow, obviously yesterday, if you're hearing this on Wednesday, which I might not even get it out on Wednesday because tomorrow is Halloween. 
<laughs> so tomorrow and yesterday somehow is Halloween, depending on when you hear this. Or All I'm saying is, you know, dress up and eat your Snickers because you're not you when you're hungry. Mm. You know what I mean? That type of thing. But have fun spending time with kids, family, whatever you do for Halloween. I'm speaking this into existence, so by the time you hear this, you will have done that. But we are getting ready to move into the next next season, which is, you know, depending on who you ask, it might be Christmas season, but there's also uh, Thanksgiving season, you know, where we take time to reflect and be thankful. We move into that, and it's, it's never a bad thing to uh, take time to acknowledge that. So we're moving into that, that part of the year. Gear's getting ready to finish up, and I'm telling you, beginning of the year on to Mr. Classic, I think is going to be kind of a, a quick pace grind defining what the meta is going to be with Roots and IR in the card pool. I'm really excited for that. But that's all I've got. You got anything you want to leave with the people, Brad? Um, I don't, besides what you said, play more games. Play more games. Brad looks like he's about to go to sleep, so we better end it here. <laughs> Catch you next time. Peace. Peace. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the Threshing Floor Podcast. want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening along. Hopefully you guys enjoyed, you know, just kind of a hangout episode talking about some recent games, talking about the fact that Roots are uh, – the set is here. Dude, I am so excited for that and what that means for the future of the game here, making a lot of cool cards, you know, super affordable and super accessible for new players, kind of giving a lot of, you know, backbone to some mid-level and lower-level decks that maybe we didn't have before since rotation happened. So definitely excited for that. We'll catch you on the next episode, and we'll get back into kind of a a groove here, um, hopefully soon. Talk to you later. Peace. Thank you.